SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you very much, Sigim Gavadeli. Uh, MoneyWave uh, having concluded now at 6.30 on SAFM, South Africa's news and information lead. It's time now for a little sport. This is the Thursday edition of uh, SAFM Sports Wrap, which means it is the PSL radio show, Segun Jala. We're going to be talking PSL. We're going to be talking about what's happening in the Premier Soccer League in terms of news, uh, views and opinions. Uh, we, we've got uh, one, one man in particular who I'm excited to have on the show tonight, Delron Buckley. Oh, one of the greatest left foot South Africa has ever produced. And uh, he's it's just got back into the coaching uh, world. Would you believe we're just stepping into the coaching world? Uh, finished playing a couple of years ago. We'll catch up with Delron Del Buckley. He's uh, joined Amazulu, and uh, it looks like he's going to be uh, trying to help the KZN side uh, move forward and try to regain promotion to the Premier Soccer League. We'll also catch up with uh, Stuart Baxter of uh, Supersport United, ahead of his game against Chiefs this weekend, and Roger de of Ajax Cape Town. Some exciting news from uh, Ajax Cape Town with the signing of Ashley Hartog, but also find out for, uh, regarding some injury concerns in the CAF Confederation Cup. What's happening down in the mother city but I don't know if you heard about this Shane Warne has been bitten by a snake did you hear this story I was, I was laughing a little earlier my producer Siobhan Chetty comes in and says did you see this story Shane Warne's been bitten by a snake and of course numerous things come into your mind but the first thing that popped into my mind was <laughs> was the snake okay <laughs> but but of course the jokes have continued all throughout <laughs> Twitter he's a man you love to hate if you watched him play cricket Shane Warne is a man you love to hate it's all in good spirits and good nature I hope but apparently he's fine and he's even continued on this reality show that he's uh, that he stuck his head into a bowl of reptiles for and apparently this uh, juvenile anaconda bit him on the head but uh, yes it, it just seems uh, really strange but the man we love to hate Shane Warne mm. Also, uh, once said that he had nightmares of Sachin Tendulkar marching down the pitch. I wonder if they should have Sachin Tendulkar on the reality show. Remember the Sachin Tendulkar? A couple of sixes smashed back over Shane Warne's head. Anyhow, let's get straight into your sports news. Now, I'll start off with news from the 2016 FMB Doozy Canoe Marathon. Pre-race favourites Andy Burkett and Lance Kine steered clear of the carnage at the uh, drama-laden opening minutes of today's first stage to pedal to a three-and-a-half-minute lead. Dave McLeod has the details. A few hundred meters from the start, as the seeded ABAT jockeyed down the only pierce where Burkett and Kime got away clean, but their co-leaders Hank McGregor and Jasper Mocker got entangled with Len Jenkins and Siseko and Tondini, who rammed them from behind, spinning out the 2014 world champs. Burkett and Kime then ground away impressively and romped home without another boat in sight to claim the stage win just outside the record time. McGregor and Mocker kept their cool and raced through the entire ABAT from behind to finish three and a half minutes back with an equally resurgent Sponello, Quella and Bonetti and Cusa right on their wave. Jenkins and Ntordini were slapped with a two-minute penalty for their part in the Weir incident, which knocked them out of the top ten. It's a decision they are appealing. The women's race was totally dominated by the imperious pairing of Abby Solms and Anna Kozushkova, who had 14 minutes over the game juniors, Kana Peak and Kayera Purchase. Dave McLeod at Doozy Bridge on the FNB Doozy Canoe Marathon. Uh, let's move on to football now. I escaped down having announced the signing of Ashley Hartloch on a short-term contract. The former Supersport United and Maritzburg United midfielder started training with the Urban Warriors two weeks ago before earning himself a short-term deal. Uh, meanwhile, Ice Cape Town winger Frank LeCale has also resumed training, but he'll have to wear a protective face mask after undergoing surgery. The experienced winger underwent uh, surgery two weeks ago to uh, mend a fracture just above his cheekbone in his side 3-1 loss to Chipper United. Uh, further afield, three European MPs reportedly want the European Union to probe Gareth Bale's 100 million euro, around 1.7 billion rand move from Tottenham Hotspur to Real Madrid in 2013. British uh, Member of European Parliament, Daniel Dalton. Catalan colleague Ramon 
uh, Tomosa and Belgian colleague Sander Lonis have asked the EU to find out if the transfer was supported by Spanish banks that had been bailed out by European Union taxpayers. Dalton is quoted by British and Spanish newspapers as saying, if taxpayers' money was used to underwrite the Gareth Bale transfer deal, then this is something the EU should investigate. Meanwhile, uh, a few of tonight's Europa League fixtures uh, include Borussia Dortmund against Porto, uh, Michland against Man United, Fiorentina against Tottenham, Anderlecht play Olympiacos, uh, Villarreal take on Napoli, Augsburg host uh, Liverpool, Galatasaray up against Lazio, Marseille take on Athletic Bilbao, and Valencia play Rapid Vienna. In cricket news, Cajizo Rabada is set to join Kent in June and July of the upcoming English county season. The 20-year-old Quick was South Africa's leading bowler in their recent home series against England, taking 22 wickets and three tests at an average of just over 21 and nine wickets and four wonder internationals at under 20 apiece. Rabada is also in the Proteus squad for their two T20 matches that starts again against England tomorrow. will arrive at the Canterbury headquarters in late June following the conclusion of South Africa's tri-series against Australia and the West Indies. Uh, meanwhile, Sri Lanka fast bowler Lasit Malinga has recovered from a knee injury and he's going to be leading the defending champions at uh, next month's World T20 in India. And I can tell you in golf news, uh, Nathan Holman fired himself to the top of the leaderboard. He's 7 under past 64 on day one of the inaugural Maybank Championship in Malaysia. Top South African Louis Westhazen he's best placed. He's on 4 under par after the opening round. That's just sports news. It's time for the PSL Radio Show. For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League, fixtures, results, and all the latest news. Proudly brought to you by APSA. Today, tomorrow, together. PSL Radio Show. It's FM South Africa's news and information leader. Now, uh, National First Division side Amazulu have confirmed that former Bafana Bafana winger Delron Buckley is uh, going to be the club's new assistant coach. And I'm delighted to say the uh, new Amazulu signee joins us on the line. Delron, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Congratulations on your appointment. Thank you so much. I, I believe it's not the first time, though, that you wanted to actually uh, join, uh, join Amazulu. Yes, it's quite funny uh, because in 2012, when I came back to South Africa, mm. uh, my first negotiation was with, Mizu- with Amazulu, but it didn't uh, fall through. And then I eventually went to Maritzburg. And in 2013, I tried again. And, um, well, I still had a contract with Maritzburg for two years, which didn't happen because of the transfer fee. And, uh, well, the... Everything happens in threes, I and mean, then I tried again at the same time. But this time as a sister, as a coach, and I eventually got a job as assistant coach, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, third, third time lucky. And it's, it's a great appointment as well, and I see it seems to be a, a, a German-based all-boys club that's getting into coaching at the moment. Rod Fernandez recently joined Pirates as goalkeeper coach. Uh, Bradley Connell is assistant of Free State Stars, who beat Pirates yeah. last night, of course. And now you at Amazulu. What, what inspired you, though, to begin pursuing coaching as a, a place playing career because the last I heard you'd gone into construction yes yeah I mean when I when I finished my football career at, Mar- at Marisburg United I decided to uh, jump into the construction business you know I got, I got slipped into a family member mm-hmm. and I was one year in construction but it's not my passion it's not what I wanted to do I mean I've been I've been a professional for 20 years played overseas and I played uh, two years here in South Africa and football always be my passion and then I always wanted to be uh, to stay in football, either a coach or management or anything to do with football. And at, the, at, the, at this time, point of view, to be assistant coach at uh, Amazulu is something 
a norm for me. Well, what coaching qualifications do you actually have at the moment? I have a level B, which is UEFA B, and okay. I did my, my coaching badge in Germany in September last year, which we barely canal together, and we qualified very highly. That's why we're now, in September this year, we invited again to do our, our UEFA A. Okay, okay, so a real opportunity to uh, to go and get the big prized uh, qualification for, for coaching or coaching badge. But now, uh, before we get into anything else, Delron, I mean, <laughs> it's no secret that you're 38, but at Amazulu now, you're going to be coaching Sebonga Nomvete. I mean, how does it feel to be part of the coaching staff when you're younger than one of your players? <laughs> well, no, Nomvete is a very experienced player, and then I'm sure he knows that now I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm assistant coach and he will have probably high respect <laughs> for me and listen to me I mean Steve Barker yesterday at the meeting uh, when he confronted the players he said you know that I'm in the same level as him and the players have to respect me as a coach now I'm not as a player because he knows I play with a few players like like Robin Johannes and against Mark van Hayden mm-hmm. and uh, so the players accepted it and then uh, just me with my experience and knowledge to bring it over to the players and try and help them out because I know the NSD is a very difficult league to play, especially with the guys I've got delegated into the NSD, you know, mentally-wise. So hopefully with me, because I've been in Germany, I've been in second division and first division and second division again, so I know what it is, uh, you know, to try and work hard to come out of the second division back into the PSL. Yeah, that's that's one thing I, I did want to ask you about. I mean, obviously, uh, the second level of uh, Bundesliga is a little more competitive, I suppose, than uh, than the se- second tier in South African football. But I mean, you're somebody who brings back years and years, in fact, a decade out of Bundesliga experience to South Africa. What do you feel you can contribute to the the actual Amazulu setup with that experience? Well, first of all, you know, um, just just me alone being at at the club will probably motivate the players highly because yeah. Darren Buckley is there. You know, I've been around, as you said, I played overseas for many yeah. years, played for Borussia Dortmund. I have the knowledge and I have the experience of football. So just me being alone there and with uh, my coaching my coaching experience, which I just did in September, to bring all to the players will help ignore Okay, let's uh, let's talk about uh, a couple of the players that you actually have. Aside from Sebonga Nombete, you've you've actually got uh, a couple of quality players, and, and most recent to join, Mamani Young on loan from Sundowns. Does it does that bolster your chances of promotion? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Amazulu, they are wanting uh, to have a good striker from from the beginning of the season. I mean, that was the biggest problem because they didn't have anyone scoring goals. Yeah. Now to have him there, it's a credit. He's a guy that can hold the ball. He has a vision, you know, you can get the, now the, the left wingers and the right the right wingers to cross in balls and you're always deadly in the air. So with him coming on board, it's, it's a great uh, game for Amazulu. Yeah, not to mention he also played in uh, in Germany. But uh, you've, you've got you've got the uh, the match against Santos, I think it is, coming up on, on Sunday. Have you got all your paperwork in order? Are you going to be able to sit on the bench or are you still going to be in the stands? Well, today we had a big meeting with, uh, with, with Steve Barker and we spoke about the training sessions, uh, regarding to the game on, on, on Sunday. And, um, we have Jeff Swanee, the manager, who's trying to get my papers up in order before, uh, I, I, before the game approaches so I can sit on the bench. But if it doesn't happen, it won't be a big problem because I'll see in the stands and, and watch the game from the stands anyway. So, uh, well, I think hopefully, to get my papers, because I want to sit on the bench and experience 
what it's like uh, to be assistant coach and you know being in the game again after after two years. Well, uh, on a, on, a, on a personal perspective or level, though, I mean, you, you hail from Kazula Natal. You started your career at, le- at least youth level in, in sort of Maritzburg. But w- was it important for you to to be coaching a club in Kazula Natal? Being a Devon boy, it's, it's something I'm being very honoured. You know, that Amazulu giving me the chance now uh, to be part of of something which I wanted to be part years ago. You know, so I'm just happy now at the moment another chapter of my career to be assistant coach and looking forward for this, for this big challenge. Well, uh, Delron Buckley, I have such fond memories of watching you play, that left foot of yours. Wow. <laughs> and do, you remember, do you remember the day that you downed Bayern Munich with that uh, with, with, with those two goals oh. in, for Bielefeld, <laughs> eh? Yeah. Yes, yes, I can still remember you won 3-1 against Bayern Munich at home. That's it, yes. We're going back yes. over a decade here, man. I, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a little old and I'm giving all our ages away. But uh, Delroy, listen, it's great to catch up with you. Great to see you uh, getting into coaching now. And certainly best of luck in your first game uh, on Sunday. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. PSL Radio Show. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Now, Supersport United moved into the uh, top eight in the league standings after their 2-0 win over the University of Pretoria this uh, past weekend. Some big matches coming up for them, including this weekend against Kaiser Chiefs. Well, we've got the uh, new coach of Supersport United, Stuart Baxter, on the line. Stuart, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Well, it's, uh, it's a pleasure, thank you. Uh, before I tackle any other issues, uh, Stuart, uh, for a team that's leaked goals this season, it must be very pleasing to, to have kept a clean sheet against Tux. Yeah, I was, uh, I was beginning to think that uh, we were playing some Brazilian style of 5 4, five, four football, was their mentality, but no, the boys, uh, the boys worked hard for, uh, to, grind out, to grind out at the finish. Uh, uh, a shutout, and I think that's important for them. Yeah, but from a structure and technical perspective, were you were you satisfied with the team performance? Satisfied in the first half, and I think it's been it's been the same in every game, right to 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 an extent. You know, we've worked on very simple things since since I came, and very few things to be to be brutally honest. Uh, and the few things that we've worked on, the lads have taken on board very well, and. And in every game, I think we've started we've started quite well, and and the structures look good. And then, as the game unfolds, and maybe we've got a goal down, and we've chased the game, or or maybe we've got a goal in front, and we've become a little bit a little bit nervous about that about that uh, that shutout, you know. So, I think as that has happened, it's it's become fragmented, and it's it's become stretched out, and they have not been. I've not been happy with the, the structure, but I have been happy with the, uh, with the overall attitude. Let's talk about uh, something on a, on a slightly different note. I mean, your relationship with uh, South African football goes back a, a dozen odd years now when you go back to your, your appointment as head coach of Bafana Bafana in 2004. Yeah. How did it yeah. feel to have sitting on the opposition bench uh, Sean Barthard, a man who, who you actually picked as a striker for Bafana Bafana? Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, in this, in this aspect, it didn't feel strange because Sean is such a, is such a, a 100% thoroughbred professional football person. You know, it would have been strange if it had been someone that I didn't think was managing material or, you know, and what the heck's he doing over there, you know? It would have been a little bit different, but 
Sean has been uh, has been a good pro all his career. He's uh, he's got a he's got a good appreciation of the game, and uh, and it's not a surprise to see him on the on on the bench of a of an opposing team because he he's a he's a valuable asset to South African football. Uh, he is indeed. Now you're going to be up against somebody else who you're familiar with in, uh, in a coaching capacity. Uh, this weekend you're up against uh, a man you mentored at the uh, national team level, Steve Kumpela. Is, is, is there ever any sentiment involved, though, for you? Uh, <clears throat> well, when I'm playing against Chiefs and Steve, uh, of course, of course, I've got players that I've become very close to. I've got fans on the other side that, that I had a great relationship with. So, Emotionally, <clears throat> emotionally, it's probably a, bit, a little bit of a difficult one. But you know, our game, our game is all about giving giving each other handshakes and the hugs before the game, wishing wishing everybody all the best, and then for 90 minutes asking and giving one quarter. And I'm sure the fans will back Chiefs to the hill. The players will never get me beaten out of sight. And uh, and Steve would be would be ecstatic to see to see three points in their account. And it will be the same. It will be the same for us. And then after you've done the you've done the, the day's work, I'm sure there'll be hugs and handshakes again, and wishing each other all the best. Now that's not always that's not always easy to do that when you're in the uh, the uh, the heat of the battle, so to speak, that we all will be in. But I think uh, I'll try my best to keep that to keep that. Uh, professional attitude to the job and uh, and try to win three points and uh, I'm sure they will do the same. Let's talk about Supersport United as a whole then. I mean, is the aim then simply to finish as high as possible this season and, and maybe aim yeah. high in the Nedbank Cup and then to have a proper pre-season and build for next uh, the next campaign? Yeah, I think that's just about your, your uh, assessment is just about spot on, Dwayne. I think you hit the ground running you, you know that when you come in in this situation you know, it's not the squad that it's not the squad that you put together, planning planning wise. You hit the ground running. You've got to you've got to choose a couple of things that that, that you can try to affect, and that is probably the the team the team ethic, the uh, the culture the culture the learning culture, and and maybe one or two tactical things. And you work on that as best you can, knowing that the real work will come during the pre-season. But we've got a cup to play before then, so the cup throws up surprises, and why not throw up a surprise for us? That has to be how we are thinking. Uh, and then the, the pre-season, the, uh, the the window in terms of recruitment, and then try to make a, a better fist of it and uh, and, and get back to uh, uh, collecting silverware whenever possible. Talking about silverware and accolades, you were you were the first Bafana coach to actually uh, coach a, a, a national team to victory over Nigeria. But I believe you've been assessing a Nigerian player for uh, for a little while. Have you made any decision on whether or not you're going to sign Ajiko Uzuenyi? Well, what I've done, what I've done for my part, I've taken. I, I knew I knew him from before because obviously I saw him uh, tormenting tormenting Bafana in yes. the uh, chant in the chant tournament. Yeah, so yeah. I saw that and. And therefore, therefore, I know, I know, I know, I think I've seen him working now, and I've given a bit of a recommendation to the club where I think he stands in terms of, uh, is he as good as, better than, or, or worse than players that we have. I've given that sort of recommendation. Now the club really has to put together now the bigger picture. The bigger picture, obviously, is 
but what will all that cost and uh, and where does that stack up in terms of our plans for foreigners in the in the in the squad and and so they're, they're just assessing that now. That's the, in a couple of days, the, the, the proper decision will be made. On a, on a lighter note, uh, your Swedish, I know, is superb, so I'm going to ask you. So many people referring to Manchester United's uh, Europa League opponents tonight from uh, mid-T-land to, to midget-land. It's, it's, it's Mesod, yeah. is it? It's Midtjylland. They're, Midtjylland. They're in Denmark. They're in Denmark. Oh. It's just across the water. Where I, live, I live in the south of Sweden, which is seen by the rest of Sweden as... Uh, as a colony of Denmark sometimes because they're <laughs> yeah. so close, you know. So, so Mitjylland is the name of the, the team. And United will not get it all their own way uh, because of the, the massive underdog status Mitjylland will have. But I have to say that if they don't win, then uh, they want their backsides kicking because Mitjylland uh, have lost five players from last year. And, uh, and they are not the, uh, the force they were last year to be reckoned with. So... If United don't give them a, a smack in, then they they really they really went there. Uh, well, let's say this: Louis will be under a lot more pressure if he doesn't get a result there. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Stuart Baxter, uh, Scandinavian expert as well as uh, football professional, thank you very much for your uh, your insights and opinions. And listen, best of luck against your former side this coming weekend. Thank you, Dwayne. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Dwayne DeLocker on SAFM. As FM South Africa's news and information leader, let's uh, head down to the Western Cape now. Ajax Cape Town announcing the signing of midfielder Ashley Hartog on a uh, short-term contract, but loads happening at the club as well. We've got the coach Roger Desar on the line. Roger, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hi, Dwayne. Uh, yeah, great to be with you guys. Uh, good to chat to you again, but uh, let's just talk about uh, Ashley Hartog uh, joining you on a short-term contract. I mean, uh, I suppose most are aware of his quality, but just how important is it for you to have another experienced player in your very youthful squad? Well, it's crucial for us right now. Um, we've lost a couple of, um, you know, experienced players due to injury right now, and we sold one as well. So we've got uh, Nathan Paulson with a broken arm, and and uh, Franklin Kaye with a broken cheekbone, and, and the departure of Granwell Scott. So these are three, you know, key uh, experienced players that are out of the squad right now, and, and we needed somebody that's got a bit of mental and a bit of experience. And I think Ashley puts the ball really well. You know, he's a Cape Town boy. He's, um, He's been around the block a few times and, and he's in pretty good shape. So, you know, it, it, it's a perfect fit for us right now and, and he wants to be here. So everything just comes together and, and let's see how he does. You know, he's got a couple of months to prove himself and who knows, we might keep him longer. Yeah, well, it's, it's great when things do work out like that, I suppose. But you, you haven't exactly had luck going your way too often. Although, Tushrik Morris, I mean, he's just come back from a long-term injury, which must have been very pleasing for you. But as you say then, Franklin Kale with that fractured cheekbone and Brayton, um, Nathan Paulser with, the, uh, with a broken arm don't exactly help. But just, just on the point of Franklin Kale, though, I believe he's, he's, he's allowed to start training now as long as he wears a protective mask. Is that right? That's right. He's, he's just got the mask, so he's wearing the mask. But it, it takes a little bit to get used to. You know, it's something yeah. that um, I don't think you just sort of put on your face and you start playing. I think, you know, a little bit of his peripheral vision will be gone and, and you've got to be aware of it. And it's also pretty heavy. So he'll take a while to get used to it, but once he, he sort of gets the hang of it, you'll, you'll be in the side 
It's okay. Uh, I, I'm just thinking now of all the players that have scored with uh, face masks from uh, from uh, Diego Costa just the other day, Ramirez before him, just Fabregas. <laughs> so so m- m- maybe this is maybe this is Fernando Torres as well. Even scored uh, when he was wearing his face mask. So I wonder if uh, maybe this is a good sign to chuck him in at the deep end, Roger. But on a serious note, when is he actually going to be available for you to select and, and play in a competitive match? Well, he, he just started training this week. With a mask, so he, he, you know, he joined us for training on Tuesday, and um, so he's only had two sessions, you know, with a mask on. So, uh, you know, mm. he could possibly be available for the weekend, but you'll never be able to start just yet. And uh, ideally, we'd like to give him another week just to adapt to it. But depending on injuries and suspensions, we might have to throw him in. Yeah, let's let's look ahead then to this uh, this match that's coming up. You got a very inconsistent Bulawayo City that you face on Saturday. How challenges it? To, to prepare for a team that, that is really erratic? Yeah, that is, that is challenging. I mean, you know, we know they play. They play, you could almost call it an erratic type of football, very direct. Um, you know, they, they come at you all the time. They, you know, a lot of passing, a lot of movement. But yet, you know, they can also concede five goals, but they can score five goals. You know, that's the type of team they are. So we've got to be ready for it. We've got to be disciplined and organized and, and know what they are good at. And hopefully we can we can catch them out. And, but we've got to be very disciplined. We've got to we've got to keep our shape and and not get carried away with the way they play. Roger, if I can take you back then to this past weekend, uh, I suppose congratulations are in order to your winning start in the CAF Conflict Cup. But I mean, how did the build-up of off again, on again affect you and the players? And and while you're no stranger to hardships anywhere, how difficult was the trip itself? Well, you just put it this way: the trip started at. You know, waking up at top of three in the morning, um, you know, being at the airport at four o'clock, to board a six o'clock flight to Vintuk, uh, land in Vintuk, um, you know, just after, just after eight, board another flight to, to Luanda at, at ten, land in Luanda at about half past twelve, um, do a short trip on the bus for about fifteen, twenty minutes to go to the other end of the airport and get onto a charter. Then fly on a charter for just over two hours again, and then and then get off that and and get on a bus and and do a two-hour bus ride um, into the top end of Angola, sort of um, top uh, northeast end of Angola, sort of bordering the Congo. Um, yeah, and we basically got to the hotel at 7:30 in the evening. So from 3:30 in the morning till 7:30 in the evening was you know on the roads nonstop. Uh, three flights and a bus ride and, you know, uh, three, four different airports. So, yeah, it, it was challenging, but I must say the guys were fantastic. The guys knuckled down and, and we knew what to expect. Uh, I had a, a briefing with them about it and that's what was going to happen. And we did that on Friday, we played on Saturday and we did exactly the same thing back on Sunday. Yeah. So it has been a tough couple of days, but the guys were, were pretty good. Yeah, and uh, I saw the uh, the players that you used, a couple of fringe players that you gave uh, a run in the match to against Grada Esperanza. But, you know, taking a 2-1 away lead into your home leg, uh, I suppose that's a, a positive sign about moving on in the uh, CAF Confederation Cup. What, what's your aim overall with this Ajax side in this continental competition? You know, I've always said that, um, you know, we've we got to play it and we've got to do the best we can and, and learn from it. You know, we... I don't think if you're going to be realistic about it, you know, do we have the squad to go in and go all the way into good stages and into a final? No, we don't. You know, we've got 24 players registered. We've already lost Scotty. So we're basically down to 23, and, and a lot of those guys are injured. So it's always going to be tough for us to put out a, a formidable side, you know, if we do get to the good stages. But 
I think it's important that we give these guys a good run and uh, everybody has, has a go. You know, for us, it was a fantastic opportunity to for these guys to play the post we're going to get to international football. And they were very good. They carried themselves very well. Um, there were no real surprises. I think Thomas Jadir was the only, the only real surprise. He was you know, starting a match for the first time. But everybody else who played has been in, in our squad in the past and has, has been a starting member in the past. So, you know, no reason not to play well and, and not to learn from it and get better. And, and hopefully we are able to rest a couple of guys and, and give experience to a few others. You say maybe not realistic to, uh, to to expect to go all the way with this uh, squad, and fair enough. I mean, a very young, inexperienced squad overall. But, uh, you know, you've showed what you can already do and uh, by, by winning the MTN8 at the start of the season. Does that, in turn, provide you with any sort of pressure or momentum to, to finish as, as high up as possible in the league come the end of the season? Absolutely. You know, we play every game to win and every game to do the best we can. And no different in the CAF competition, be it the Net Bank, be it whatever it is. You know, we're always going to give it our best and, and nothing else. You know, um, you know, we, we don't have the luxury situation to say, listen, we'll rest. You know, we don't take this competition seriously. That, you know, every opportunity we get, we play at our best and we try our best to win the match. And, um, no different with CAF or, or any league. So, of course, we want to, we want to finish as high as possible in, in the league and, and go as far as we can in, in a CAF competition or the Medbank competition. So, let's see how it goes. The guys are, are always up for it. Very young, very enthusiastic team. We know we're able to beat anybody on, on any given day. It's just the consistency that you're lacking. But we'll keep on trying. Well, uh, opportunity to uh, play with consistency against Bulaguane City this weekend, I hope. Uh, good luck on Saturday against Bulaguane City, uh, Roger, and certainly for the re- remainder of the campaign. Thanks very much, Dwayne. Cheers, that. CSL Radio Show. Busy day, but three great uh, people in terms of coaching in South Africa. It looks like things are on the right track. Some uh, exciting fixtures to look forward to this uh, weekend. That's all we've got time for on the show tonight. New Lady Muller is up after the news of the talk shop tomorrow morning. Uh, AM Live, Janet Wooden will bring you more sport. Brad Band in tomorrow, uh, 6.30 to 7. But from the team tonight, producer Siobhan Chetty and me, Dwayne DeLocker, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.